Welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Vidal. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. everyone and welcome to this week's Brain Coach Tips. I'm Jan Bedell, otherwise known as the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. I'm so glad you're here to continue the journey to learn, be encouraged, and become equipped to make positive life changes in your family and beyond. If you're anything like me, once you understand more about this approach and experience its benefits for yourself, you won't be able to keep from sharing it with your friends and neighbors thus affecting your family and beyond. You know I said I was the brain coach. You probably didn't even know you needed a brain coach. Well, let's look. These days you might have a fitness coach, a nutrition coach, a life coach. I've even heard of a success coach. If the brain controls everything that you do, which it does, why not a brain coach? Each week we'll be exploring a different aspect or application to show you how to develop a neurodevelopmental approach to life in general. There are little things you can do each day that may take minutes here or seconds there that combined over time make incredibly strong pathways in your brain for your function or any person's function to be better. Today we're going to talk about the three keys to learning anything. Remember last week we talked about receiving information? That's information coming into the brain. Another way to say that is inputting information. Now our society is pretty much output based, especially our curriculum and even the way we treat our toddlers. We're always asking for output. In other words, we would ask a child, what color is this? Instead of telling him, this is red. You might ask him to identify a letter instead of telling him what the letter is. This is one of the places I want to ask you to think differently. We want to give input before we're asking for output. So today we're going to learn the three keys to inputting that will help you teach anything and your student learn everything. Doesn't that sound like some valuable information for a homeschool family? Those of you that are taking notes, be sure to get have some pencil and paper now because I want you to write an acronym. I don't know, we're kind of in a busy world and we're using acronyms all the time. Well, ours is FID, F-I-D. FID stands for frequency, intensity, and duration. If you input information with frequency, intensity, and duration, you will be amazed at the accomplishments of your students. Let's look into frequency. This is the number of times someone is presented with the same information. You know, you may have had to reread something to get that information in. Frequency is the number of times the same information comes in. As homeschoolers, we would just love for us to be able to tell the child one time and they've got it. That would be our dream, right? Well, sorry to tell you, 
dream on. It's not going to happen. The child needs frequency. Let me give you an illustration. There's a dad that really loves books, and he would read to little Johnny all the time. He would just have stacks of books, and he would go through and tell him about the animals and read to him about different things. And he had so many books that he didn't get back around to telling little Johnny the same or showing him the same picture of a giraffe for a long time. Mom decided to try out this frequency information that she had just learned. She took about 8 to 10 pictures of animals. When little Johnny was at his high chair for breakfast and for lunch, she just flashed the cards up with about one second interval and told him, giraffe, elephant, pig, just kept going through the animals, went through them in a different order about three times, and after a week, Dad's reading to Johnny again. He opens the book, and immediately Johnny points and says, Giraffe! Well, Dad is so proud of himself. He's going, Wow, look at here. I'm teaching my boy something. When really what happened is, Mom did the frequency it took for him to be able to output that information. There are foundational skills that you can use these three keys for that will save you much time later on. Let's think about this. How many of you have spent time telling your child, hold your pencil right, and you say it over and over again? You just wish you had a little recording to sit right beside them to say, hold your pencil right, hold your pencil right, because you keep saying it, and they move to the right place, and the next thing you know, they're not holding it right. It could be because their hands are not strong enough, and they're having to compensate by using more fingers. Well, I've had the incredible privilege of having my grandchildren live with me since they were born. As a neurodevelopmental grandmother, I've been doing these little things along the way that take seconds or minutes. This is one that really blew me away. From the time that Kinsey was tiny and she could wrap her fingers around my thumbs, we would pull her up from her a laying position, like on the changing table, and strengthen those hands. Right now, my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, if he wants up, he knows. He just puts his hands straight up. We put our thumbs out there, and we raise him up by his hand. By just doing that few seconds of intervention there, building those hand muscles, I was blown away at what happened. When Kinsey picked up her pencil type thing, it was a magna doodle kind of little pencil utensil, and she picked it up and held it with a perfect pencil grasp. Now, this is very interesting because when that happened, she was 19 months old. Well, I just thought, that's got to be a girl thing, you know, firstborn or something. Carter comes along, we do the same thing with him and he picked his pencil up correctly. They never did the prehensile, all five, you know, kind of upside down markings. They just held their pencil right. So these are the kinds of things that I'm talking about that if you do in little seconds and minutes along the way, you save yourself hours of agony later on. Intensity is how strong that information comes in or how strong the interaction is with you when that information is being inputted. So if you don't like history, for instance, get somebody else to teach it for you. Because if you go, well, this is George Washington and he was our first president and, well, he did a lot of good things, you know, the child is not going to be liking history too much. You want somebody that's enthusiastic and very into their subject matter 
to give the intensity. Now this can apply to every aspect of what you're teaching. Let's take potty training for instance. Oftentimes the intensity is on the wrong thing. You go, oh, you wet your pants again. Why didn't you tell mama? So if the intensity is turned around to where little Johnny goes on the pot for the first time, some people give a high five and oh good, or finally that's it's happening. If you have a really good intense reaction, it makes all the difference. There was one couple that really honed in on this. And when they were potty training their child, and he went where he was supposed to go for the first time, they came in there and oohed and awed and, and gave big hoorays. And then they started doing a swing dance just to celebrate and singing along the way. Well, Johnny couldn't wait to get back on the pot to see what was going to happen next. That interaction was so intense. So you see how if you're intense with that information, it's going to stick a lot better. That's why it may be confusing for you sometimes where somebody can remember everything about a car, but they can't remember what the letter is or a word to read. That has to do a lot with intensity because interest also is involved in intensity. So if you have a child that loves horses, teach history through horses. You could have them study the Oregon Trail just through the eyes of a, of a horse. Or you could study the Roman kind of period with chariot. Or study Indians and how they used horses. There's all kinds of things that can be done to add intensity to your study. These three keys to inputting information, frequency, intensity, and duration, are all the basis of how we created our product's early learning foundations, level 1, 2, and 3. In level one, for instance, there's an activity called the number of the day. There's eight different cards that have the number eight on them. And so when you're studying eight, these cards are all over the house. And the detective in the book says, find the number of the day in the house. And they run around and say, there's the eight, there's the eight, there's the eight. Well, those eight stay up all during the day too. So not just during that particular activity, you can walk by an eight, and if you're with your child, you say, oh, there's that eight. And that one second of frequency can make all the difference in how quickly they can remember their numbers. You can teach letters this way, all kinds of things. But those are the type of things that are built in to the early learning foundations as one aspect of them. You can find that at littlegiantsteps.com on our store. The third key is duration. Duration actually has two aspects. It's short periods of time during the day, and then over time, over days, or weeks, or even months sometimes. The really cool thing about homeschooling is you don't have to be like public schools. You don't need to spend 45 to 60 minutes per subject. I was a homeschool teacher, and I was also a public school teacher. And the main reason that you need extra time is so you can get around to everybody. You don't really have that when you're at home school. Here's a good illustration that shows the difference between traditional school, like in a public or private school, and a home school situation using these three keys, frequency, intensity, and duration. Mike was a very frustrated young man when he came from home from school one day with an algebra assignment that he didn't understand. He was so mad at the teacher, saying the teacher didn't even teach him. Well, traditionally, they show him one time on the board and then give him a bunch of practice problems to do over and over again. And of course, Mike had his for homework. 
because he didn't understand it and couldn't do it in class. So he was slamming things around and very upset. And his mom knew about these three keys. And she said, come over here, Mike. And she sat him down and right next to him, she started doing one problem after the next. She said, watch. And she did it. Very little talking, if any. She did another problem. She did another problem. He's watching. The light bulb seems to be going on. Pretty soon, after about six problems, maybe eight, he said, thanks, Mom, grabbed his book, went off happily to his room, and did all of his homework. So how long did that take her? Ten or fifteen minutes, maybe. But now she had a child that understood how to do that. So she did it frequently. She went over the problem several times in a short period of time, and then he got it. If you have a younger child, let's say a third grade boy, this may have been your experience. You sit him down, you've shown him how to do his math, you sit him down and say, do these problems, I'll be back in a little bit. So you go throw in some wash and take care of the baby and do this or whatever else you have to do. When you come back in, that third grade boy is typically upside down in his chair, building fuzz castles on the floor with his carpet fuzz. The intensity is gone, I'll just have to tell you. So, this is where I'm asking you to think differently. You're going to sit down with that little guy. You do one problem, he does one problem. You do a problem, he does a problem. We call it 50% input. Remember, input before you ask for output. Some people look at me when I say that with this horrified look like, isn't that cheating? We can't do their work for them. This is how we think differently because when you're inputting the information, that's what you do when you're sitting down with them, then you're really teaching. And then they're going to be able to output in amazing ways. Another place I'm going to ask you to think differently about inputting and outputting is math facts. You know, what we typically do is hold up these cards, 5 plus 4, with nothing else on there. This is really an output or a test. I don't know if you've ever thought of it like that, but that's not a drill, and that's not working on math facts. That's requiring some output. If it's not in there good, it's not going to come out good. The same thing with drill sheets. If you're doing a drill sheet and say, get faster at this, get faster at this, but if they haven't had input, they're not going to be able to do that, and it's just going to be frustrating. Even those games they play on the computer with MathFacts, where it's supposed to be teaching MathFacts, in quotes, they have to have the answer before they can shoot that thing out of the sky that's on the screen. You want to make sure they have input of that information. We created something called Rapid Recall System. And this is a supplement to any curriculum that you're using that you can use just to teach math facts. The addition, the subtraction, multiplication, and division, those basic math facts. What we're doing here is the child is seeing, hearing, saying, and writing five math facts 14 times every day. You would think, wow, that should take a long time, but it only takes six minutes. One minute of getting the information in through the flashcards with the answer two minutes of listening to the problem being told to them with the answer, another flash session where you can do this a minute before you work with them on math and a minute after and get those two frequencies in, and then they're listening again and writing down the answer 
as they hear it. So this is all input. 14 times of input and only two of those are going to be anything coming out. Of course I created this for young children because that's when they learn their math facts, right? Well, I had a lady come to me. She said, my 15-year-old is brilliant in math. He knows all these high-level math operations and formulas and everything, but his answers are always wrong because he didn't know his math fact. She said, I have a whole shelf of things that didn't work. I didn't expect him to know it, but now he does. Now, that's great. I really did make it for those that were initially learning their math facts. I had a mom of some twins that came in and she said they're on the autism spectrum and they hated math. Anytime that anything to do with numbers came out, they would just have a conniption fit. After a week of doing their rapid recall, one of the boys said, I can do this. This is, math is easy. She said they've loved math ever since. So it really works well based on the frequency, intensity, and duration. Only takes six minutes of input. One minute here, one minute here, two minutes here, two minutes here. And then you do a speed drill that you can ask for output because they've already had 60 exposures of the same information that week. So they really do get it. There's other testimonies about Rapid Recall on our website that you can look at. But just think about how enjoyable the math lessons are going to be that you do when their math facts are automatic. You can go to littlegiantsteps.com and on the homepage at the bottom right, there's a place where you can access a way to get our newsletter. Periodically, we have coupons there that you can use for discounts for Rapid Recall and other products, so be sure to check that out. Don't forget about the free auditory test kit and the visual test kit that you can get as well on our store. You do those two activities, auditory and visual, after you find out where the child is. You do that twice a day. That's the frequency. For two minutes, that's the duration. And this is an intense listening or visual activity that makes their auditory and visual skills just like their radar everywhere they go picking up information. Now when you're working for these two minutes, you are going to want to have a lot of intensity. One way you can do that is when they go to the next level, you give them three tries at that next level. And each time, if they're wrong, you just go, oh, almost, you almost had it, and be their cheerleader during that time. That way, they'll really enjoy that intense two minutes. When I'm talking to homeschoolers anywhere, whether it's at conventions and personal consultations, I like to help them with the principle of intensity. Let's say you have a first grader and they are so excited about starting to school. They're the youngest ones and all their brothers and sisters have already started their formal education and they are very excited to start school too. So you give them their page of math. Maybe there's 10 problems on that page and they're just over there working and working and working and so excited to be part of the whole process and they bring it over to you and you look down and you see there's two problems that are wrong. Now what typically gets the tension on that page or the intensity? The ones that are wrong, right? So what you do is put a X on the ones that are right and you hand it back to them and say, this is good, but try, you missed these two. And their enthusiasm kind of goes down here because they thought, oh, I thought school was going to be fun and now I have these red marks on my paper. 
they kind of sulk over to, to their table and kind of sit down and go, gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know. I miss these, but I don't know what to do about it. And so I don't know if school's going to be that great anyway. You can turn that whole thing around just by this little technique. When they bring you their paper, have these little bitty stickers that have smiley faces on them or just have a really pretty color and put check marks by all the ones they got right and exclaim about it as you're doing it. Oh, you got this one right. You got this one right. Oh, this one was really hard. You got that one right. This is amazing. Let me show you about these two. And you do those two for them. Remember, you didn't like the output that you got, so you're going to input. So they take the paper back and they're so excited. Look at all these smiley faces on my page and I got all these right and this is so great. And they look down and they see mom's handwriting on their paper. They say, well, that will never do. And they erase it and put it on there themselves, which gives them another input. Even if they didn't go to that trouble in that last part, they've still had the input to be more successful last time. And just think of their attitude in going into math the next day. It makes all the difference. Intensity is amazing. You may be wondering how these three keys apply to older students because I did say these three keys could be used for learning anything. Frequency, intensity, and duration can be used for things like history or science. So what you can do with subject matter is record short bullet points of information from that chapter or say a vocabulary list of words. You give the word, the definition, you maybe use it in a sentence, and then you do that for the 10 vocabulary words. They've got it on audio, so they're listening to it several times a day, and it's just very short. So you're using the frequency, intensity, and duration there to get that information to stick. Let me give you an example. Let's say you were studying Columbus. You would say, Columbus discovered America in 1492. He had three ships, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. He was named the Admiral of the Ocean Sea. He died a pulper. Any key things that you want them to remember. You're not going to read to them on this audio. You're just going to bullet point the important things that they need to remember. Just as a reminder, all our neurodevelopmental brain training programs and products on littlegiantsteps.com use this formula of inputting information with frequency, intensity, and duration. If you really want an overall brain training program, you might want to consider developmental foundations. This is a family kit that the whole family could use to help their brain work better. We will be talking more about frequency, intensity, and duration when we're talking about creating a positive learning environment. In the meantime, you can look at the free webinars that we have on our website. Next week, we'll go into depth about what I call the best kept secret in education, auditory processing. So stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network for more brain training tips to make life and learning easier. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you to think differently. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray You'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. 
if you have questions for The Brain Coach, to incorporate skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.